0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, how we doing everybody? Come on, I think we can do a little bit better than that. How's everybody doing? Man, it's, uh, it's uh, an honor to be up here. I think, uh, I, I just love that we're part of a church that really champions the leaders, the, the, the people who are helping make this place happen. And I'm not even really speaking about myself right here, but uh, I, I'm looking and I'm seeing all the ushers still uh, serving. And uh, can we just make some noise for all of our volunteers who yeah. are making today like to, today happen? Even on uh, the last Sunday of the year, we have people that are still serving and giving of their time, but, um, but I love River Valley Church. Don't you guys? It's a, it's a special place, um, but really what makes it special are the people. I think we all know that our church is not brick and mortar. It's not, it's not these four walls, but, but the church is the people, and, um, and, I, and I, I really got to shout out Pastor Ben and Emma. Come on, do you guys love our campus pastors? I'm just so thankful for your life, man. I think, uh, I've told you this before, but I think our transition from Miami to Minneapolis was we, we felt cared for. And, uh, and I think a big part of that was because of you. I think um, who you are transcends any leader that you will become. And I think, I think that means more to me than anything. And so uh, if you don't know Ben and Emma, I think, I think you're missing out. I think there are people that love our church dearly. Uh, they gossip about you behind your back all the time. But it's always good things. And so, um, Ben, I I love you. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm grateful to serve under you. But even more, I'm just grateful to call you as a friend. So one more time, can we make some noise for for Ben? Well, hey, we're going to get into it. Um, I'm going to read out of uh, Genesis chapter 21. I'm going to go 1 to 3. And then we're going to go 6 to 7. We're talking about joy today. How many of you could use a little bit more joy in your life? Anybody out there? Me and Ben, Caitlin, there's a few of us that are, I guess, are pretty honest. Um, But but this story is about Abraham and Sarah and the birth of their son, Isaac. I'm going to... It's titled, The Birth of Isaac. Genesis chapter 21, 1 to 3, 6 and 7. It says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said... And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very, at the very time God had promised. Now, I love, that. I love that it's in the context or in the text that says that Abraham was very old. How many of you guys know that God, he's no respecter of age. You could be old, you could be young, but if God calls you, he's going to use you. Abraham gave him the name Isaac, the son Sarah bore him. Verse 6, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, when would, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have bore him a son in his old age. Uh, I want to take the next few moments to talk to you about this theme. Uh, take your joy back. Can somebody say, "Take your joy back"? back. Now turn to your neighbor and say, "I'm taking, I'm taking my joy back." back. Now look to the neighbor who uh, you who who wasn't on your mind and say, "Take your joy back." Hey, let, let's go to God in in prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for. Your love, I thank you for your grace, God. I thank you for uh, what you give us, the joy of, of your son, God. I thank you for this moment. I pray that I would lie down as you rise up, God. I pray that people would leave encouraged and challenged today, Lord. And we ask all these things and everybody said. Come on, everybody said. Amen. Hey, can we give Jesus for the next five seconds the biggest shout of praise. You know, it's, it's hard to believe that, that this year has come to an end. I, I don't know if any of you guys are like me, but I get to the end of the year, Christmas comes and it goes, and I'm like, where on earth did the year go? It, c- can anybody relate? The, the year goes by so fast, or at least I, I, I think it does. But if I'm honest, this year was a year of transition. This year was a year full of, of different things, of opposition, of opposition. Uh, My wife and I moved from Miami to Minneapolis this year. It was a year of transition. Um, We moved in with my parents, as a matter of fact. Um, It it was a year of figuring out what we're going to do with our job. But if I can be honest, 2019, my favorite part of the year was the birth of my son, Malcolm Manuel Graham. We call him MMG for short. That's short for Maybach Music Group. And um, the doctors, they bring great reports. They say, your son is a prodigy. We can't tell if he's the next LeBron James. We can't tell if he's the next Wayne Gretzky or if he's the next Dale Earnhardt. And I say, well, I don't know if I want Dale Earnhardt, but I'll, I'll receive the other two. But being a dad is so fun. There's so, it's a learning experience every single day. But being a dad does come with, with, some, with some challenges. You see, just the other day, uh, uh, er, Brianna and I made this covenant where, you know, she takes care of him in the morning and, and I take care of him at night. And I like that. I mean, it, it gives me the opportunity to sleep in and it, it gives me the opportunity to get some rest. But um, on the specific night the other week, I was changing him. I was getting ready to feed his bottle and I had just put on my favorite pair of sweatpants. Anybody else have a favorite pair of sweatpants? You know, like the sweatpants that you could stay in for the next three years, those are the type of sweatpants. And um, I-, I fed him his, I just got done feeding him his, his bottle. <laughs> and uh, keep in mind that my son, he is, he's not yet saved. Uh, my son, me, me and Brianna, we're really putting into practice this pray without ceasing thing, and so we really believe in 2020 is going to be a year of revival in his life. But um, I just got done feeding him his bottle, and I just, I just got done burping him. <laughs> and as I get done burping him, he not only throws up the bottle that I just fed him. But he throws up every single bottle that I fed him from that entire week. And I said, babe, get out of bed. We have a demon that we got to cast out of our son. She came running in with the oil and we laid hands on him. But this got me thinking that as seasons change, as the year changes, as life changes, there's going to become some challenges that you're going to run into. Can anybody relate with me? And I think despite these challenges, I think that despite the seasons, there has to be some foundational things in your life that never change. Have you considered this for a moment? Have you ever taken the time to think, what are the foundational parts of my life? What are the non-negotiable things in my life that when I don't know how to act, I still know how to act? One of those things may I submit to you, could it be, could it be joy? Now, I don't know what you walked in here believing. I don't know what bad theology you were taught in the past. But I came to remind somebody today that you are not defined by your mistakes. You are not defined by your sins. But rather we serve a God who is full of mercy and grace. And when he looks down on you, the Bible says that he he looks upon you as his masterpiece. He is filled with joy when he sees you. Come on, is there anybody who knows who they are in Jesus? Christmas is gone. I'm going back to work. The tree is coming down. But I feel, like, I feel like my joy has gone just as fast. Statistics will tell us that Christmas is a challenging time of the year for people. Statistics say that it is a very stressful time of the year for people. But I think part of our problem is, is that we view joy as circumstantial. We view joy based on what is going on around us. See, Kyle, you don't get it. Like the job that I have, it's, it's really not that good. My boss, I feel like he's out to get me. The, the, the tests that I just took at school, I failed them and I needed them to pass. Can anybody relate? We view joy as circumstantial, but I got good news for you. What if I told you today that joy is not circumstantial and it's not dictated about, uh, about the things that are around you, but rather it's dictated about what's inside of you. The other day I, I had just um, I just begun to get sick. I could feel it, I could feel it. Anybody else fight the flu? Yeah. Man, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who are more blessed than me. But I, I was fighting the flu, I could feel it coming on. And as I was feeling it coming on, I took everything in the cabinet short of death because I was like, I am not gonna get sick. I'm not gonna get sick. But lo and behold, the flu was coming. And I said, you know what, flu? You can make my body feel like trash. You can even try to ruin my day. But one thing that you can't do is you can't steal my joy. The Bible says that nobody can steal your joy. So maybe today you're in here and you're like, well, I don't have any joy. Well, it is possible that maybe you gave your joy away to somebody. Maybe if we went on 35W North, we would find all sorts of joy just sitting on the side of the road because of the guy who cut us off. Maybe if we go into the target customer service line, we're going to find all sorts of joy from the from the employees who never or who denied us returning our Christmas gifts. We got to take the power back. I get to choose if I have joy. It's a, it's a perspective shift. Happiness and joy are two separate things. You see happiness is a feeling. Feelings they come and go. They're up one moment, they're down the next but joy is an attitude it's a posture of your spirit and so as Christmas season ends as we go back to work could I suggest that it is actually possible to have joy in every season even the ones that are tough for the next few moments I want to take some time to talk about and give just three thoughts that if we find our joy fading what can we do what can we talk our what can we speak to ourselves sometimes we take too much time and we're so we listen to ourselves more than we speak to ourselves so, we're gonna take the next few moments and talk about how we can have joy in every scene. So, if you're taking notes, Forbes just came, up, came out with a new research that said 98% of people that take notes go to heaven. So, that's, I didn't, I, I, I found that. I was a little skeptical, but Forbes is, is usually right. So, um, but, but the first thing is that we have to remember is, is we are not forgotten. Can someone say we are not forgotten? We are not forgotten. Um, we're, we're in a generation today that we are addicted to instant gratification. See, we don't just have Amazon, but we have Amazon Prime. I was reading this article today, or the, the other day, about millennials. Anybody else a millennial? So we have a whole bunch of liars in the room. <laughs> but I was reading this article about millennials. It was talking all about the spending habits of millennials. I'm a millennial, so this really. It really hit home for me. But did you know that more than, or that millennials, more than any other generation, sprints for the extras? We like our Ubers. We like the latest technology. 76% of millennials say they will spend money on a new gadget. While 69% of millennials say they buy clothes that they don't even need. So some of you are internally laughing because you know it's true. I love it because it's like, the guy who's got like 50 pairs of, you know, shoes, it's like, hey, there's a, you know, there's a new shoe drop in. Do I have enough? No, I don't have enough. I could use 51 pairs. It's like, for $600, I don't know if that makes sense, but, but it happens. Um, but I'm, but as I think about the Bible, as I think about Jesus, we have to understand that Jesus operates so much different. You see, when, G, when God promises something to you, he's, he's not always going to give you that promise right away. Sometimes he is going to make you wait. And I, and I so love this story about... Um, about Abraham and Sarah and about Isaac, and, and we got to get the uh, chronological order correct, because if we don't, we can read a story like this, and we can quickly become discouraged, and we can say, "You know what? It appears that this, that this promise was fulfilled so fast, and yet I'm sitting here, and I'm still waiting on a promise." But that is far from the truth in this story. This story actually starts in Genesis chapter 12 when God tells Moab, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Now, if I'm being told I'm going to be made into a great nation, I think that is really, really epic. Uh, That's really, really cool. But the problem with this statement, there's two problems. The first problem is Abraham doesn't have any kids. That's a pretty big problem if, if God is saying, I'm going to make you into a great nation. The second problem is that Abraham is 75 years old now that's not just a problem but that's a disgusting problem and so we're going to move ahead to uh, genesis chapter 15 god appears to Mo, or to abraham and i'm going to paraphrase it the way that i feel like it went but but god said hey abe like i i, I remember that promise i gave you 10 years ago I haven't forgotten about that promise. I still remember it. I still see you. You're still being faithful. Just hang tight. Now, let's pause for a moment because some of us, we can't even wait a week. Abraham has waited 10 years. 10 years. But Abraham begins to lose faith. He begins to doubt. How do we know this? Because of his response to God. I'm going to paraphrase it again, but Abraham says, I'm getting old, man. Like I've already, I've already made other plans. The plan is that my chief servant is now going to be the beneficiary of, of this promise. But how many of you know that when we doubt God, God still doesn't doubt us? When we begin to lose faith in God, God will never lose faith in us. Come on, is there anybody out there who is grateful for a God who is for you? We're grateful for a God who's for you. I'm taking my joy back. It's not dictated by what's around me, but it's dictated by what's inside of me. So I'm in this dilemma every single month. My dilemma is that I'm in debt My dilemma is that I am constantly having to owe somebody money. Now, that person is my brother. And uh, don't ask me how, don't ask me why, but we are still on the same phone plan. (laughs) So on the 15th of every single month, I get a text that says, hey, bro, you owe your portion of the bill. And how many of you know that because of the agreement that I made with him, how many of you know that because of the promise that I made with him, that every time I see him, every time I think about him, just the thought of it. But every time I think about my brother, I am constantly reminded of, the, of what I owe him. Come on. Is there anybody out there who is grateful for a God who is not going to forget about you? He has not forsaken you. He's not going to leave you. So we can be joyful in every single season. I don't, need, I don't need the best things in my life to be grateful. So the first thing to remember is that we are not forgotten. We are not forgotten. James 1.3 says, because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You see, it's in the weight that our faith is made stronger. It's in the weight that we need to remember that God has not forgotten about us. The second thing we need to, to remember is that we have to define our everyone. We have to define our everyone. One of the things that I've quickly discovered in life is we all have a family of origin And we all have a family of choice. And it's oftentimes our family of choice that matters so much more than our family of origin. It's who we surround ourselves with that ultimately shapes who we are. Somebody once said, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your next five years. Why? Because the people that you surround yourself with, that matters. Alignment is more important than assignment. Some of us are so focused on what is God's plan for my life. You know, what is where is God taking me? But the reality is is if he if he laid that out for you right now, the people that you have around you, they wouldn't be the ones that would actually help you fulfill and get to that to get to that place. We need people in our life who are going to encourage us. Um some of us think that we're lacking joy simply because of our circumstances. Some of us think that man, that job that I had prayed for so hard, I didn't get it. You know, my kids they just don't they're not obedient to me. You know that those the school, my professors, they're awful. But may I submit that the reason you don't have joy is simply because you're hanging out with the wrong people and that the people that you are hanging around that when you go through a bad time, they're not there to encourage you, but rather they are there to complain with you the bible says how good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity but Kyle they just they just get me bro really they just let me be me are you serious the last time I checked were people of conviction. We're not people of convenience. People of convenience say, you know what, I'm just going to let whoever's around me speak into my life. But people of conviction say, you know what, I'm going to be smart with the people that I let speak into my life. Come on, is anybody grateful for some good friends in their life? This story about, um, about Abraham and Sarah, it's, it's actually a very cool story. You see, Sarah, let me reference my notes real quick. Um, Sarah, when she first hears that she is going to um, give, or when she first hears the promise that she is going to, you know, give birth to a son, she laughs, but she laughs with doubt. Uh, Genesis 18, chapter 12 says, so Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And I don't know about you, but that's oftentimes a depiction of who I am. That when God gives me a promise for my life, I often can sit there and say, man, like, I, this just doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. But I'm grateful that God is bigger than our doubts. He is bigger than our questions. He's bigger than our, our worries. But check this out. G- God comes full circle on this story. And it says in uh, 21 or Genesis chapter 21, verse 6, this is after she is conceived. She said, the Lord God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears this will laugh with me. And everyone who hears this will laugh with me. This, this word laugh is, is, in this context, is referencing an occasion for joy. And it's so cool to me that um, she has everyone around her. She has everyone, and, when, and when everyone hears the fulfillment of this promise... They're going to laugh with her. They're going to find an occasion, a reason to be joyful. You need to get some friends in your life that aren't going to laugh at you, but are going to laugh with you. You see, at River Valley, one of the things that we value is community. And there's a lot of systems that we put in place to really help people get into community. You don't rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the level of your systems. We talk about Next almost every single week. I love how Ben just talked about it. But Next is a system t- designed to get you plugged into community. Right. We have core groups, Freedom, Alpha. We have financial peace. These are all systems designed to get you into community. We have life groups. We have over 50 life groups that are going to begin in January. And some of you need to make it your goal to get into in, to get into. A life group. I don't know where we get this like weird idea that life groups aren't for everybody. Life groups are for everybody. I think 2020 needs to be a year where you make it a goal that you are gonna get into community. Proverbs 1722 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And so you you might think, Well, what's the benefit of community? Well, Deuteronomy says that one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So already right there, it's bad math. If one can put a 1,000 to flight, then two at the absolute most should be able to put 4,000 to flight. But two puts 10,000 into flight. So when you get into community, when you start to collaborate with people, you are going to begin to discover your best ideas. You are going to find that your greatest joy is going to come when you're in community. We all need good people around us. We're taking our joy back. I'm taking my joy back. So first, we got to remember that we're not forgotten. And secondly, we have to define who our everyone is. And then thirdly and lastly, we have to always remember God's faithfulness. We have to always remember God's faithfulness. For a lot of for a lot of us Christmas is a special time. For, you know, I think I was blessed with a with a great family and Christmas is that time of the year that I look forward to. It's a time where we get to celebrate, where we get to be together, and we get to walk with one another, and we get to talk, and we get to catch up. But the reality is, and we're naive to think that some people really stress Christmas. Some people really don't look forward to Christmas. Um, One of the things that we did this year was we had a, a little bit of an early Christmas. Uh, one of my brothers was going out of town. So we let the, the kids open some of their gifts and um, it was so cool to see them doing this. But prior to them leaving, uh, my brother said to his daughter, Hey, it's, it's time to go. It's, you know, we got to pack up. It's, it's time to get home. And you ever had that moment where it's like the room just stops. Cause you know, what's coming next. Well, this was one of those moments we all just kind of were like, uh-oh, like, we know it's coming. As my brother takes the toy away, she loses, she loses her mind. Dad, you are a jerk. I hate you. Let me stay and play with my cousins. But what my niece failed to realize is that every single time she left in the past, she always came back. And I think this is, is, is such a picture of our lives Sometimes. That when we run into seasons of hardship, when we run into seasons that are painful, we forget to turn around and say, wow, God has been faithful in the past. And if he's done it in the past, he's gonna continue to do it in the future. You see, this is why we need vision for our lives. This is why we need vision for our lives. So many of us think that pain is a sign of rejection. We think that pain is, is, is rejection in our lives. But rather, we got to look at it as part of God's direction in our lives. Vision gives pain a purpose. Vision gives pain a purpose. Isaac, after he was born, obviously, Abraham gave him the name Isaac. And Isaac means to, to laugh. And it's, it's really cool when you think about it. That, um, that every time Sarah or Isaac or that everyone would think about Isaac, they are constantly reminded of God's faithfulness. That every time they look at Isaac, every time they see Isaac, every time they speak to Isaac, they're reminded of God's faithfulness in the past. Now, I'm not implying that in your life everything is good. I'm not implying that everything is right in your life. But this is what I am saying. You may not be where you want to be, but all you got to do is look back and be thankful that you're not where you used to be. Philippians 4.4. This is kind of like a hard verse to swallow in, in hard times. But it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That word always means, always, it means in every occasion. It means in the good times, but it also means in the bad times. We have a lot of visitors that come to our church every single week. And, you know, we're just so grateful that you're here. Uh, We're a church that says you can belong before you believe. You can, you know, be wild on Saturday night and you can still belong here at our church. We welcome, you know, the skepticism the, uh, the fears, the doubts. But if you've been coming here long enough, you have to understand that we believe everything in this book. We believe the really cool stuff, like the parting of the Red Sea. But we also believe the really weird stuff in the Bible. You see, every verse, every page, every chapter, it all points to Jesus, And this book, it was written 2,000 years ago. Man wrote it, but it was breathed on by God. It was breathed on by the Holy Spirit. And we believe that it's still relevant to our lives today. But every verse, it all points back to Jesus. You see, Jesus, he's the true and better Isaac. Isaac was just the foreshadow of the great one to come. And as I read this story, I can't help but see the parallels between the story of Jesus and the story of Isaac. You see, Isaac, he was the long-promised son of Abraham. Jesus, he was the long-promised Messiah. According to Genesis chapter 22, they were the only sons of their father. Both of them had a three-day journey. Isaac, he hiked up to Mount Moriah. It took him three days. And we know Jesus, he had a three-day journey from the cross to the grave to his resurrection. They both carried their own wood. Isaac, as he was on his way to be sacrificed, he carried his sticks. We know that Jesus, when he was going to be sacrificed, he carried the cross. Yet, the thing that's kind of been messing with my mind over the last few days is the parallels in their, in their birth. When Sarah was told that she was going to give birth one day and be pregnant, she laughed. Ha, not me. How could it be? I'm old. When Mary is told that she is going to give birth to the Son of God, she says, how could this be? I'm just a virgin and I'm only 15. You see, one thought she was too old, but the other thought she was too young. But that should encourage some of us today. Because as I stated before, God is no respecter of age. He can use you when you're 85 and he can use you when you're 10. You don't have to worry about being qualified. When God calls you, he qualifies you. But one of the things that brings a whole lot of It brings a whole lot of emotion is when Isaac was born his mother laughs with joy this is a cause for celebration God has fulfilled his promise in my life when Jesus was born according to Luke chapter 2 the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said for I bring you or to the to the wise man said I bring you great news this news is going to bring great joy to the entire world. You see, Jesus is the true and better Isaac. Jesus is the one that gives us joy when we feel like we don't have any more joy. Jesus says, you know what? You might be down, but you're not staying down. I'm going to pick you up. But I love it because when we feel like we don't have anything left, all we got to do Is look to Jesus. We're gonna run out, we're gonna feel like we're running out of joy at times. We gotta, remember we're not forgotten. God is always thinking about you. His mind is always on you. We have to define who our everyone is. The people that we surround ourselves with, it matters. There's two types of people in the world, joy producers and joy vampires. Some of us hang out with too many joy vampires. And the problem with that is, is before long, guess what we begin to look like? Joy vampires. And we always got to remember God's faithfulness. I'm not where I want to be, but thank God that I'm not where I used to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we take a moment to give people the opportunity to meet Jesus. Twenty twenty. It's coming. It's gonna come, and the reality is is that there's gonna be some tough moments for all of us. There's gonna be moments where we feel like we don't know what to do. But what we gotta realize is that Jesus' story of his birth, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, it's all a recipe for joy not just seasonal joy, but a sustainable joy. When it gets hard, what do you gotta do? Look to Jesus. When you feel like giving up, just look to Jesus. When that relationship that you thought was gonna work doesn't, what should you do? You should look to Jesus. Maybe some of you here are here today and you're thinking, man, like I, this joy, like I feel like my heart has never been satisfied. I've put my joy in a lot of different things. I've put it in my relationships. I've put it in my job. Maybe there's something else. Well, today we want to give you the opportunity to put your joy and your faith in Jesus. I'm going to do two different things. The first... Maybe you're here and you've been a Christian for a long time and you feel like, man, I just can't figure this joy thing out. Like, I thought following Jesus, man, it was supposed to be easy. Nobody ever said it was easy, but Jesus said he'll always be with you. But maybe you're sitting here like, man, I just want that joy. I need that joy. I desire to be the light to people. If that's you, if you need a refreshing of the joy from God, would you boldly lift your hand up high enough and long enough so I can see it? Maybe today if that's you, you're like, I just need a refreshing. That's me, Kyle. There's hands going up all over this place. And the second group of people is for those people that haven't ever received Jesus. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And so today on the count of three, I want to give you that opportunity to make your peace with God, to receive the hope, to receive the joy that is sustainable. One, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Two, forget about your neighbor. don't look about you don't look at your neighbor. This is between you and God. Three, if that's you all across this room, would you lift your hand up, say, that's me Kyle? That's me. I need joy. I need some joy in this place. I I receive Jesus. Praise God. Now, I'm going to have everybody pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, today, Lord, I ask that you'd forgive me, that you'd come into my life, that you'd be the Lord of my life. Today, I surrender all that I am. Over to you, I give you my past, I give you my present, I even place my future in your hands, I'm yours, Lord, in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, hey, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise, you guys can all stand, we're going to get out of here in a second, um, but if you prayed that prayer, we have a Bible at our next steps, uh, at, at our next steps booth, and and that's a free resource to you. And um, and if you want, there's a, a little spot on your connect card you can check. I gave my life to Jesus. And if you want, take that back to the next steps corner. They would love to answer any questions. And if you're like, nah, dude, like that's not for me. I really don't feel like talking to people about it. Hey, it's all good. We're, we're just grateful you're here. Um, but what we would say is, keep on coming back. Like I think there's something that happens in your life when you make a commitment to coming on back. Hey, we have some, uh, our, our amazing prayer team, uh, leaders over to the right or my right and to the left and big or small. I think, I think God cares about your needs. I think he wants you to bring those needs to him. So, uh, I'd love for you to get prayer over here. Um, but we're just so thankful that you're here. We love you church. Have a great rest of your day.